Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. Pastor Dale, the uh, OG, as we heard earlier today, the original gangster, would you come and share from God's Word, brother? (laughs) Oh, Ryan. I don't think Godfather is the right title. It's, uh, It's a joy to be here and share the Word of God with you. I just want to say thank you to the praise team, to Ryan, to the, uh, the team, for the puppets. You know, most of the people will enjoy that more than me. So I, I'm well aware of that. And uh, it's just a joy to be here and share God's Word. We're going to be looking at a Maybe it's a hard word, but it's a word obedience. Obedience. And the way to receive the blessings of God is through obedience. Now we're going to look at that. Let's, if you would stand with me, let's read our text today from Hebrews chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. Every high priest is selected from among men and is appointed to represent them in matters relating to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sin. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray, since he himself is subject to weakness. This is why he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as the sins of the people. No one takes his honor upon himself. He must be called by God just as Aaron was. So Christ also did not take upon himself the glory of becoming a high priest. But God said to him, you are my son. Today I have become your father. And he says in another place, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. 
and was designated by God to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the wonderful and precious name of Jesus today. Lord, you know our needs. You know the needs of our people. And Father, we pray today, Holy Spirit, that you would be our teacher, that you would meet the needs of the people and draw them to yourself. And Lord, I, I pray too that you would teach me. And Lord, I ask that you'd anoint me with your spirit, with power and love. And Lord, to you alone, belongs all the glory. And we bind Satan in the name of Jesus now. In Jesus' name, amen. May be seated. It says in our text today that Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered. And a lot of times we learn it the same way. I was in the hospital uh, two weeks ago today. And you know what I learned? You know, you always got to learn something, no matter where you're at, right? Well, what I learned is that you got to be more compassionate to little children who fill their pants. You know how a little child is? They like to hide in a corner, or get away from their mother. And, but you know, the evidence is there and it stinks, right? There's no getting around to it. Anyway, I had diarrhea for two and a half days in the hospital. It was dehumanizing to wear adult diapers. You can laugh if you want. It's a true story. <laughs> and you know what? You can't hide it, and it stinks. You know, about the time, about the time they were drawing blood or the doctor came in or that, wouldn't you know that would be the time you had that urge? <laughs> it was disgusting. But you know, we learn things through suffering. And by the way, young parents, do not bring your child to me to have their diaper changed, okay? I'm past that stage. I've done my share in that department. So just a warning. Not that I don't have compassion on you, I do. What is obedience? Obedience is compliance with an order, request, or law, 
or submission to another authority. Compliance and submission. That's what God is looking for in our lives. And throughout scripture, God calls his people to obey. Obedience pleases God just as obedience of a son or daughter brings joy and delight to their parents. Why does God call his people to obedience? Because all disobedience and rebellion against God is sin. All disobedience and rebellion against God is sin. James 4.17 says, Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. When you know what's right and the Holy Spirit convicts you of what is right, and if you don't do it, you are sinning. The one condition for Adam to live in the Garden of Eden, paradise, was to obey God's commands. He would have had it made if he had just obeyed, right? And we wouldn't have this fallen man syndrome that was passed on to us. And it says here, And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. And death has been passed on to all of us because they disobeyed God. Satan deceived Eve. She took of the fruit and gave it to her husband and ate it. Therefore, they disobeyed and rebelled against God. God said nothing directly about faith or humility or love because obedience includes all these things. God demands, God's demand for obedience is as supreme as his authority. After Adam and Eve were banished from the garden and the tree of life, there was only one thing that would restore it. Repentance, turning away from sin, and obedience. It says in Revelation 22, 14, Blessed are they that do his commands, that they may have the right to the tree of life, 
If we expect in the end of life to have this tree of life, it's only for those who obey. Only for those who obey. For just as through the disobedience of one man, Adam, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man, Christ, the many were made righteous, Romans 5.19. In the Old Testament, I'm just going to use a couple of examples. I'm going to use Noah and Abraham as the examples. Noah obeyed. In Genesis 6.22, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. That one word in there, Noah did everything. He didn't skip any of the commands of God. And remember that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God trusts his work to the man who does what he commands. God will use the obedient man who does what he commands. Over in uh, Genesis 7, I want you to just look at it. There's many things we could look at. But Genesis 7, 5 says, and Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. And over in verse 9, when he was loading up all these uh, pairs of cattle and sheep and whatnot, it says that uh, God had commanded Noah, and he did it. And down in verse 15, it says, Pairs of all creatures that have the breath of life in them came to Noah and entered the ark. The animals going in were male and female of every living thing as God had commanded Noah. Even bringing those animals in was an act of obedience on behalf of Noah. And then briefly, I want to look at Abraham. Abraham obeyed. Over in Hebrews 11:8, it says, by faith, Abraham when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. That's a blind obedience, trusting God that he's going to do right, even when we don't understand, right? 
Abraham obeyed. Abraham had spent 40 years learning faith and obedience. Nothing could prepare him for this supreme act of obedience. When Abraham had tied his son on the altar, God said, by myself, I have sworn in blessing, I will bless thee and in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed. In thy seed, all the nations will be blessed. You know, he just didn't pass out the blessing. There's one last phrase in here, it says, he was blessed because he had obeyed the voice of God. Sometimes we think that God owes us all these blessings. He doesn't. He gives them to us because we're obedient. Through the obedience of Jesus, many were made righteous. Jesus was the one who would restore man's right to the tree of life. And Jesus became the great high priest. In our text, we have the qualifications for a high priest. And I know this can get kind of heavy and boring in this part. But it says here, the high priest was be, to be selected from among men he was appointed to represent the people before God. He was to represent them in matters relating to God. He was to deal gently with the ignorant and those going astray. And he was to offer sacrifices for his own sin as well as for the sins of the people. And the third thing on this qualification is that he was called by God. I don't know about you, Ryan, but uh, when God starts to stir you and to call you, it's really a miserable feeling. And you know what? We're kind of like Abraham. We go into it blind. We have the promises of God's word, but if I'd have known what I know today when I started, I probably never would have been a preacher. But I had to obey. And the same is true for every one of us. And then we have Jesus. He didn't take upon himself the glory of becoming a high priest. He was appointed by the Father. Appointed by the Father. Second, he represented the people of God 
the people before God, praying, interceding for them. It says that Jesus offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Reverent submission. He submitted himself to the Father. And then he learned obedience by the things he suffered. This means that he learned obedience by suffering, remembering Jesus was mocked and ridiculed. The religious leaders were continually planning to kill him, not to mention the cross when he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Matthew 27, 46. Friends, suffering is unnatural to us and therefore calls for the surrender of our wills to his will. You know, I get asked a lot. I've, I've had non-alcoholic cirrhosis of the liver for over 10 years now. And I've asked some whys. I remember when I resigned from my last parish, I didn't know what to do with myself. That was my life. And a lot of men have trouble retiring because of that. They lose their, their title, they lose their kind of their self-worth. But the thing that has kept me going is that I have claimed all these years that Jesus is my Savior and my Lord. And Lord means owner by right of purchase. He bought me with his blood at the cross. And he owns me. And when he owns me, he can do absolutely anything he wants with me because he's my Lord. You can have a pity party for what you're going through, but I want you to know that if you've claimed Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, you belong to him. even if you don't understand. He learned obedience by the things he suffered. Sometimes our wills are very stubborn and God has a hard time getting our attention. Christ needed to suffer so that he could learn to obey and give up his will to the Father at any cost. And believe me, there was a great cost. The cross. 
in the garden, Jesus prayed and asked my father if it is possible that this cup be taken from me, yet not I, not as I will, but as you will. Matthew 26, 39. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me, John 6, 38. And the fourth thing there, he became obedient even to death so that he could become the author of salvation. There's an old gospel song written by John W. Peterson, one of my favorite songwriters. And he expresses it this way. There was no other way a God of love could find to reconcile the world and save a lost mankind. It took the death of his own son upon a cross. There was no other way but Calvary. And Jesus took on flesh. He was made in the likeness of man. He didn't have a, a fight with his father as to who was the most important. He just obeyed him. Simply obeyed him. And as the author of salvation, he became the source of eternal life. Now get this, people. For all who obey him. And if you claim him as your Lord and Savior, you get that eternal life as a free gift, yes. But he requires in return our obedience. I tell you, as you walk in the Holy Spirit, as you cultivate a walk with him, the Holy Spirit makes you much more sensitive to sin and the things that are right and wrong. And sometimes that walk is a very lonely walk because it demands of us that we take a stand for our Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation for all who obey him. God is getting his church ready to meet the bridegroom, Jesus. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. 
Ephesians 5, 25 and 27. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, Ephesians 1, 4. The very essence of salvation is obedience to Christ. You know, in uh, 35 years of being a pastor, I have heard all kinds of people say how much they love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. But their life doesn't show forth that they love Jesus. And now we're living in a time when anything else that's more important to us, we go to that thing and our worship of the Lord takes last place. How sad. How sad. You know, that excuse isn't going to work when you stand before God. Now, I'm not saying that God didn't give us all things richly to enjoy, because the scripture says that. But it's the priority on which we place those things that determine our obedience. If you say you're a Christian, does your life show it? You know, over in the book of John, John 14, it, it's, you got to read it. It's one of the chapters on the Holy Spirit. But it says in there, anyone who says that they love Jesus must obey him. If you love me, you will obey what I command. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed the Father's commands and remain in his love. You know, friends, I'm not a legalist. The Christian life is not a matter of do's and don'ts. It's a matter of being who Christ has made us. Because he lives in us and through us. And we represent him. I might have said this before, but when I was farming, I had a 
temper. Do you believe I had a temper? Well, I did. And boy, when it come to issues of business, I could be quite firm. And one day I was really ticked off. I don't even remember what the situation was. All I remember is what my wife told me. Just remember who you represent today. It's not about Dale. It's about our Lord. And I trust that each one of you would look at your lives. And you know what? We've all failed. We've all disobeyed at times. You know, it only took me 10 years to accept the call to ministry. I disobeyed. And they weren't very good years in my life either. God never blessed me. But walk in his ways. Obey him. Put your trust completely in him. And then, just as Abraham, I will bless you and make a great nation of you because he obeyed the voice of God. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for these friends. And Lord, help us to be an obedient people who walk in your ways and do only those things that bring honor and glory to you. Father, thank you for sending your son to die for us, to take away our sin, to make us your children. And Lord, may we be obedient children day in and day out, all to the glory and praise of Jesus Christ. And if somebody here today doesn't know you, I pray that that individual would call on the name of Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me for my sin. Make me your child. And then, Lord, may that one walk in your ways. In Jesus' name, amen.